This episode of the Behind the Wall podcast is brought to you by Dano's. Dano's seasoning is all natural, low sodium, and tastes great on everything. Chicken, beef, fish, pork, pizza, and even Bloody Marys. Get your bottles today at danoseasoning.com and use our code behind the wall at checkout. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two of the Behind the Wall podcast. We're excited to be back and we are pumped for NASCAR's best season ever. On the premiere of season two, we talk about all of the news that broke Monday. We've got drivers finding rides, drivers coming back to NASCAR, new investors, and new paint schemes. I've got Adam and Josh with me tonight, and the excitement is boiling over. So without further ado, let's roll. Hey, this is Steve Everett, and you're listening to my song, Fake It, available everywhere. Now let's get to the show. This is the Behind the Wall podcast brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. I promise they're not drunk. And welcome back to the Behind the Wall podcast. Felt like a long, like four, six weeks. I don't even know how long it was, but it's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. Been counting down the days. I'm super excited to be back. Uh, Sorry, I forgot to mention, but thank you, Steve, for the music. Josh. What's up, man? Yeah, it feels like forever since we've been on here. I miss doing it every week. Uh, glad we're approaching the NASCAR season. I'm pumped up for Daytona. We got the full week of racing starting on, what, Monday, Tuesday, and going all the way until Sunday with the Daytona 500. So really excited to start this season up and uh, start the podcast back up. Yeah, I'm fired up, and it, it seems to always happen whenever we have a little break in between shows where uh, we end up just sitting here thinking up stuff to include on the podcast or to add to our brand, and uh, as soon as the season ended, that's when the creative juices started flowing, and it seemed like we every other week we'd have some other crazy idea that we couldn't really do at the moment because we're in the off season. so I'm, I'm glad that the se- the season is finally upon us. We get to start breaking out some cool stuff, cool giveaways, some fun interviews. Um, but a little update of what we've been doing since uh, since the season ended. I've uh, been putting out behind-the-wall banters. Uh, basically, it's a little YouTube series where we sit there and we banter about crap. Uh, that's been super fun. We also uh, got together with the good folks out at uh, at Pocono Raceway. And they, had a, they brought us on, interviewed us, and they brought on uh, Michael Watcher and Mike Davis with uh, Dirty Mo Media. That was a lot of fun. I know Josh. Josh and I were both ecstatic since Josh is a big Junior Motorsports and Dirty Mo fan, and I'm a huge Michael Waltrip fan. So it was super cool getting to talk with them and just talk NASCAR and podcasts. So Josh, I don't know if you if you want to say anything about that, but that, that was an absolute blast. Yeah, that was so cool. It was a uh, such a surprise checking the email and being like, whoa. Pocono Raceway just uh, emailed us and going to get to talk to them, getting surprised by Mike Davis and Michael Waltrip. And those people were just so nice. They uh, will actually be recording a podcast there in the sp- in the summer when we go up there. They ended up giving us tickets as well, as well as two tickets to give away to some podcast listeners. So be on the lookout for that giveaway. But like you said, as soon as the season ended, we started thinking, what can we do to 
get bigger, do better things. And uh, we came out with Behind the Wall Banter on YouTube. We started doing giveaways, different threads and everything on uh, Twitter and a bunch of podcast ideas that we're excited to uh, put the action here soon. But uh, back to the Pocono thing, that was an awesome experience. Really excited to go make my first uh, – or yeah, attend my first race at Pocono in the summer. So uh, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to this season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, I've not, I've not been to Pocono or Long Pond, Pennsylvania. So I'm excited to get up there. Uh, we've got a live show there that we're in the uh, planning stages for. So be on the lookout for that. As long as uh, we got, like Josh said, we got some tickets to give away. So also keep an eye out for that. Um, but you know, uh, you know, this morning is uh, we're currently recording on a Tuesday morning, um, but the past two days we've had a lot of news break, and it it seemed like this morning was the uh, the big news day, and it seemed like every five minutes on Twitter there's some other big news story coming out of different people finding rides or sponsors or schemes. It's a lot of stuff going on, but the, I think the biggest the biggest announcement that. Uh, we woke up to this morning. I woke up kind of late, so I woke up too. But, um, but Jamie McMurray back in the uh, back in the Cup seat. Uh, he's gonna be racing in the '77 Spire Motorsports Chevy, and it's basically a third uh, Chip Ganassi car. But I'm excited to see him back. I really enjoy Jamie McMurray. He's he's a great ambassador of the sport. Super fun to listen to on TV, and a pretty good driver. He's already got a Daytona 500 win under his belt, so. Do you think we got a good shot at seeing number two? I think we do. He's uh, always been very solid at super speedway races. Obviously, Daytona 500 champ a couple years back. I'm super excited to see him back. When he got announced that he was retiring and going to Fox, I was extremely happy that we'd still have him in the sport. You said he's a great ambassador for the sport, and I couldn't agree more. So I'm super excited to see him back, and wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, running towards the front. We see... Ross Chastain ran that car in the Daytona 500 last year and ran pretty solid. It's a Chip Ganassi built car just under the Spire Motorsports team. So going to be an interesting race. Glad to have him back, and I hope we see him up front. So what do you think about or uh, some more news that broke today? Um, we got Derek Cope coming back to the Cup Series, and I think it's been about two years since his last race, and he, he raced uh, with Starcom in the uh, double zero, I believe. But what do you what do you think about that? Do you, are you happy to see Derek Cope come back? He's got a he's got a win under his belt at Daytona before back in 1990, I believe, back way before any of us were born. But um, you know, it's cool to see some of these drivers come back. Yeah, I agree. I think it's cool that he comes back, but at 62 years old, you kind of got to wonder how competitive is he going to be. And I really don't think he's going to show up or he still has to qualify for the race because they don't have a charter. So he's going to have to race his way in. And if he does it, good for him. He'll be the second oldest Daytona 500 competitor ever. But if he doesn't, then I don't think it'll be a surprise to many. But cool to see the, I guess, uh, old name come back to the sport and give the Daytona 500 another shot. It's a super special race to many of the older drivers out there who obviously come back. Like, I hope to see... We're going to talk about Tony Stewart later in the show. Jimmy Johnson, uh, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, some big names like that come back and uh, race the Daytona 500. Uh, 
a time or two here in the future. Yeah, and we've got a lot of cars that are coming out for the 500. I think uh, as of this morning, there's 30 or 43 to 46 entries uh, with the open cars being uh, the Chad Fincham in the 13, Kaz Grawl in the 16, uh, David Reagan in the 36, 37 with Ryan Priest. That's interesting that that car is not uh, a charter car anymore. So that's where I'm going to have to keep an eye on that all year because uh, he's not guaranteed a spart- uh, starting spot. Uh, 62, uh, with Noah Gregson since, uh, since, uh, I can't even remember his name now. Um, Brendan gone. Yeah. Brendan gone. Uh, since he's, uh, retired Timmy Hill in the 66. And as of this morning, uh, Ty Dillon in the 96 for Gaunt brothers, uh, out of those cars, who do you think has the best shot at winning? Just, just focusing on these open cars here. Who do you think, uh, who do you think has the best chance at winning the 500? Out of those guys, I'm looking at his Daytona race win diecast right now. Hard to go against Noah Gragson going in the uh, Beard Motorsports number 62, replacing Brendan Gaughan, like you said, retired. I think he's got a really good shot to go up there and run up front. He's one of those drivers that's really aggressive, can keep the car clean, and go up there and battle for wins. He showed it in the Xfinity Series last year, going up for a couple wins, but He's not afraid to stick his nose in there and make some aggressive moves. We saw it a bunch in the middle part of the season. Got a little uh, too aggressive. Ended up having the fight with uh, Harrison Burton. But uh, I think he's a fantastic race car driver. We're going to see him come up the cup here in a few years. And I think if you're looking at those couple cars you mentioned, you got to go with Noah Gragson. Yeah, I have to agree there. And I know we don't agree often on many things, but, you know, the Beard Motorsports car, they only run at uh, Daytona and Talladega. So they, they focus on the super speedway cars. And it seems like every time they come out, uh, regardless of the race, they are all they always seem to be competitive at the end if they're still running. So Gregson in the six, or yeah, 62 intrigues me. I think that's a good fit. Uh, they got a good shot at winning that. But also, um, you know, Penske hasn't ruled out that Centric will make an appearance. Uh, also, you got Tommy Baldwin who hasn't – Who he said that their plans are still fluid. So you've possibly got two more cars coming into the mix, and Centric would definitely be a contender if he ends up uh, getting in a ride for the 500. And who knows what Tommy Baldwin can pull up. I mean, it could be a Joey Gase-type situation, but – even then, I mean, I'm eyeing Cindric. If he can, if he makes an appearance, he might be there to stun a lot of people. But you also can't forget that over the years, Floyd Mayweather and the Money Team have talked about making an entrance to NASCAR, and rumors lately are saying that they're going to sign a deal for possibly a full time ride with Spire Motorsports, partner up with them and build some race cars. So I think you could also see that car get thrown in the mix, and what that puts us as a almost. 50 entries for the Daytona 500, and we haven't seen that in quite a while. I think last year there was 44, and going close to 50, that's insane after 2020 hurt a lot of people's bank accounts. I agree there, and, you know, it's getting to the point now where you're seeing news every single week about uh, new teams. We've got two new teams coming into the sport this year with Trackhouse and uh, 2311. Once again, Josh, is 2311, not 23XI. XI. Um, it's Roman numerals, Roman numerals. Um, but you're seeing all these new faces coming into the sport. You got Michael Jordan, Floyd May- Mayweather's looking at making an entrance. You got Pitbull, 
pit bulls in NASCAR. How cool is that? I mean, we've seen him with the uh, with the the song at the championship, but now he's 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 teaming up with uh, Trackhouse Racing and uh, Daniel Suarez. So they got a little Latino power over in uh, the Trackhouse camp. But we we have so much enthusiasm with NASCAR and all these new names and new all this money that's coming in and. You know, I, I think that we might get to the point where uh, we're, people aren't going to make the show. Because, I mean, of course, you've got the super speedway races where you have, a, you have more people than there are positions coming out. But it might be a uh, like once or twice a month deal where cups or, uh, cars aren't making it into the show because they can't qualify and there's just so much interest. So we might move back to like a uh, 2008 type deal where there are contenders that don't qualify yeah and there was news announced today that big machine vodka is starting a team too so that makes what three teams coming into the sport not sure if there's more in the xfinity series but that's another xfinity series team that's coming in there jade buford uh haven't heard much about him but uh he's gonna wield that uh big machine vodka team car in the xfinity series so we have all these teams coming into this sport, and I'm excited to see what they do, especially in the Cup Series. You got uh, Daniel Suarez with Team Trackhouse, Bubba Wallace with 2311, um, XI, and... Uh, Good boy. No, 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 <laughs> no. And, uh, 20, say it right. Say 20, it right. 2311. And we're, I Good think boy. we're going to see some pretty solid racing. We might have more, I'd say, top-tier cars and less mid-pack cars, just... It's going to be an exciting season, and Fox NASCAR and Fox said it best. This could be the best NASCAR season ever. I, I, I'm a firm believer that this will be the best NASCAR season ever. And, you know, I had a thought when you mentioned the uh, the uh, the vodka, but what's what's the deal with all the the vodka brands coming into NASCAR? I mean, you've got you've got Dixie, you've got Big Machine. Uh, you used to have Crown Royal, but it seems like all these smaller vodka brands are making an appearance you got like sugarland shine well it's moonshine but it's basically the same thing as vodka you there, there's a uh, there's some interest there and i think that uh nascar is fixing to explode if they keep on the current path you know they're making the right decisions they're making the sport more exciting i mean you got pitbull in nascar how cool is that uh but let, let's talk about pitbull for a bit do you guys think that uh with pitbull teaming up with Daniel Suarez and Justin Marks with Trackhouse. Do you think you're, they're going to bring a stronger Latino community to NASCAR? I mean, uh, the past couple of years, you've seen a, a growing population of people calling themselves uh, Daniel's Amigos. Uh, you see them at the races. They're electric. They're fun to watch. Um, but do you think that we're going to see a larger Latino fan base come into the sport because of Daniel Suarez and Pitbull? I do. Um, you know, by the way, glad to be back. Sorry I'm late. Um, welcome, Adam. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I mean, I believe we'll get an even bigger audience than we have before. And I just listened to what you said about, um, this being the best NASCAR season yet. I'm really excited for what's coming up and what's just going to happen. And when I saw the news about, um, Pitbull, I was actually ecstatic about it. And because all these big name stars are, starting to come to the sport, Michael Jordan, Pitbull, and so it's just a different, um, I would guess, different vibe that, you know, we haven't had in the sport in a while, and so it's just a different different change of scenery, different change of ownership, 
for an extension of ownership. So um, it'll be pretty exciting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm with him. You saw what Daniel Suarez did a couple years ago with the start of Daniel's Amigos, and that got a lot of the Mexican fan base coming to the track. I remember there was like the Mexican bands following following him around the track on race day through the garage, and that was always really cool. I liked what he got there, and uh, I think with Pitbull coming into the mix, you kind of have like a Latino fan base that can build around Daniel Suarez, Pitbull, I think it's really good for the sport. We have, I think NASCAR right now is more diverse than it's ever been. And I think it can still expand to that. And I think that's what's going to be so great about the sport in the future. We're getting a lot of new fans and we're getting all different kinds of fans, men, women, all different uh, ethnicities and races. It's perfect for the sport. It's perfect for what NASCAR needs. Super excited to have Pitbull on board and, uh, Hopefully, we might see him in some new uh, NASCAR on NBC intros. Bring back Blake Sheldon. That's all I got to say about that. But Bring real quick, uh, just yes, please throw out uh, what's y'all's favorite Pitbull song? I'm going to go ahead and throw mine out before anyone takes it. But Timber, that's one heck of a song. I really never listened to much Pitbull. I, uh, I know I've heard his songs on the radio, but I got to look them up on Spotify real quick and. Uh, See what songs. No, Adam's got some cooking. Uh, hotel room service. Okay, that's a good one. That's a great one. I'll have to go uh, with "Feel This Moment" with Christina Aguilera. That that is good. That's a good song. And what, what you know, what I like about his music is that it, it, all of his songs, or at least the newer stuff, seem to have like a mellow tune for a little bit. And all of a sudden, the bass drops, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is this is wild. Um. Uh, what's that song? Uh, Good Feeling that he released back in like 2012. I think on my uh, my old iPod Touch, wherever nice. it is in the world, it uh, still had my had my uh, my data on there. I think Good Feeling would be at the top of the charts for most played because I think I I played the crap out of that song. But you know, I'm excited to see what Pitbull does in NASCAR. He's got he's got the money. He could definitely help out this team. And I exactly. you know we had the banter a couple of weeks ago about who's gonna have more luck in their freshman season with their teams between uh Bubba Wallace and uh Daniel Suarez and my biggest my biggest argument was that they don't really don't have the money I mean you've got Denny Hamlin and uh Michael Jordan and they got sponsorship dollars and that's what drives the ride is money so now that you've got Pitbull in there he's probably going to throw a couple dollars their way I think uh Daniel Suarez is going to be a, a larger contender this year than I had originally thought yeah I agree. I mentioned it back there, and you didn't agree with me, but uh, glad to see you're turning to my side now and going with Suarez. See, but, when uh, you originally said that, though, it didn't make any sense because exactly. that was a, that was a stupid take. But now, now, now you 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 know it's not the same because there there's there's more data points into it. Uh, there there's there's more to the argument now, but I, I'll give you that one. I I still think that Bubba Wallace is gonna have the better season just because he's got the larger sponsors. He's fully sponsored this year, and he's got an absurd amount of money backing him. But Daniel Suarez is gonna put up a better fight because of Pitbull. Totally agree. Josh, there it is, folks. Josh got lucky with that take. I'll I'll say it. You know he he really did. Lucky. Either. Either Josh got very lucky or he's a psychic, and in that case, I'm going to need the Mega Millions numbers ASAP 
and uh, we're taking uh, we're starting an F one team and a NASCAR team with behind the wall. Oh, that'd be nice. I would like to retire at twenty one. That'd be nice. Watch out, Haas. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so more more news that was announced today. You had a couple paint schemes get announced. Uh, Cole Custer with Dixie Vodka. That scheme's pretty sweet. Uh, Chase Elliott. I mean, not not a real big change in his uh, his paint scheme. They added a yellow line. I think it looks cooler now, but. Out of all the paint schemes that have been been announced up until today, which paint scheme has been your favorite? And uh, Josh, you're not allowed to say Alex Bowman because I know that's your answer. But besides Alex Bowman for Josh, who has the best new paint scheme? I really wasn't going to say Bowman. I really like the scheme. I don't think it's the best one that's come out. I think you look at Christopher Bell's uh, DeWalt scheme, DeWalt. Me and Henry discussed this Walt. before the uh, the pod, and uh, that scheme. I had the same argument with uh, with Adam today. No, because Adam's Henry Dewalt. No, that was that was an inside joke between our buddy and I. It's how we it's how we say it to make fun of him. So that's I know it's Dewalt, but no, yeah. it's not Dewalt. No, that's Dewalt. Oh, Walt. It's Dewalt. Yes, that scheme's super yeah, clean, and I'm Dewalt. Dewalt. God. It's going to be good to see under the lights. I like all the – Joe Gibbs Racing always has really cool schemes. Martin Truex Jr.'s uh, new Bass Pro scheme is also really good. So I'd have to go with one of those. Big Thomas? I was actually going to say Alex Bowman. I actually liked it a lot, especially now. You're allowed to say that. Thank you. Um, how I like his paint scheme um, just because it's not anything – how they took away how the de- the design that Jimmy ran, while still still keeping the same sponsor, and um, his he released his helmet today too, which is an exact match to the car, and I think that and if they get the fire suit right too, it'll be it'll actually be a pretty sick ride. It'll, um, the scheme all together all around will look pretty good. You know. After seeing what the NASCAR community said, since they seem to complain about everything, uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. I think William Byron's Exalta scheme is probably my favorite. Really? And, you know, I'm not a huge William Byron fan. I think he's he's a good driver. Uh, you, you know, like I'm not I'm not a huge fan, so there's no uh, there's no bias here. But uh, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm a big fan of like loud paint schemes. I like the ones that kind of are they're in your face, and it really it really catches the eye of the consumer and the fan that they're. I mean, I don't know anyone who's buying Exalta stuff, but I mean, you know, it catches the eye where you see the colors from a mile away, and you're like, oh, that's uh, that's the Exalta scheme. It's 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 you you can see it. It's it's loud, and uh, you know, it, when I saw that scheme, it kind of reminded me of uh, back in like 2014. There's this uh, huge fad going on with this uh, company called Loudmouth Pants. Basically, it was like golf pants that were super. Like, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but they were they were loud uh, with their colors and whatnot. But uh, you know, out of all the schemes, I got to go with William Byron here. That uh, that Exalta scheme is sweet. I will say when that scheme first got announced. I wasn't too big a fan of it. I usually like the Exalta schemes. I wish they didn't move away from the flames because that was always a nice touch. But looking at it more and more, it's definitely grown on me. And uh, I'm interested to see how it looks under the lights. I feel like cars look totally different when you look at them from day to night. So 
I think that's going to be one of the cars that looks really good under the lights and those colors on the pop sides are really going to pop. Yeah, that, night races are some of the best night races to watch on both on TV and in the crowd just because it seems like the, the paint on the car or the wrap on the car really pops. Like you got a little shine to them, and it just has a totally different feel than during the day. Um, and I, I've said that many times, but, you know, I'm excited for the paint schemes. I know there's still more to come, um, but we're just going to have to sit back and wait. We'll cover it if it comes out. But uh, another, like I mentioned earlier, too, uh, Cole Custer's got that Dixie Vodka scheme. That thing is pretty sweet. I like the, I like the light blue colors that they have. It's It's subtle. Not super loud, so I'm kind of going against myself here, but I think I think it's a cool touch. Um, but uh, you know, talking about Cole Custer, though, uh, there's an article that came out not about Cole Custer, but about his owner Tony Stewart two days ago, maybe about his uh, his current distaste in NASCAR. I guess I don't really know how to say it. Um, more so, of just a communication issue between the two, but. I want to get y'all's thoughts about the the drama between NASCAR and uh, Tony Stewart because originally when we saw that Eldora was not going to be on the uh, the truck schedule, we're thinking, oh, this is NASCAR getting back at Tony Stewart for uh, for start his own racing league, the uh, SRX whatever they call it, um, and this is them getting back so they're taking a race away and moving it to Knoxville, uh, but until this article that's what everyone thought but in the article it talked about how uh it was actually tony stewart's decision to pull the uh or to basically rip up the sanctioning agreement between uh eldora and nascar because they had announced that they moved or they uh they had the dirt race at bristol in the spring and tony stewart had no idea about it and he had to find out through a third party so he ended up going to NASCAR and asked them if it was if they were considering a cup race at Eldora. They said not at this time. Ripped up the agreement. They're moving on. So, w- w- what do y'all think about that? Do you think? Um, are you sad to see Eldora go? Do you have different opinions now that you know that it wasn't NASCAR being petty and getting back at Tony Stewart about this? No, I'm not really sad to see Eldora go. I think a couple years ago, when they first announced it, there was so much hype around this race. And it was like, wow, trucks are going to dirt. This is going to be awesome. And it was awesome for a couple years. And then as it went on, it was just kind of the same old thing. And there was just no hype around it. So I kind of figured it'd be gone here in the future. And I never saw uh, Cup Series, Xfinity Series, or anything ever go in there. Maybe Arca. But uh, now with the trucks gone from there, and we're uh, racing Bristol on dirt. I'm just, I'm not too sad to see Eldora go. I hope a partnership with uh, Tony Stewart comes back. To It's good to have those uh, older drivers back with the sport. But not too sad to see Eldora go. But hope we can figure it out. And uh, he's got a awesome deal with SRX coming up here this summer, which I'm really excited to watch we see a bunch of big name guys denny hamlin showing in uh, interest in racing it so uh gonna have some nascar names gonna have some indycar formula one uh all different motorsports routes showing in srx so i'm excited to see what tony stewart can do and hope to still see his presence in nascar i think i, th- I don't think the presence is going to go i think this is this is a 
This is going to bring about a much-needed conversation between NASCAR and Tony Stewart about communication, especially since he's a big part of the sport. I mean, he's put 20 years into the sport. He's a champion. Uh, uh, he, he is an owner of a race team. He owns a track that up until this year they race at. So you've got all this uh, – th- he's, he's a part of the family. Um, but I, I'd have to agree with you there about I'm not super sad to see Eldora go because – in the article, too, it talked about how it's not even their highest grossing race. So it wasn't something where they were trying to make a point by pulling it and they were going to be hurting financially because of it. But it's, I think, if I remember correctly, it's their fourth highest grossing race. And it's, it's, it's been going downhill. So if they would have made this announcement five years ago when it was super big, that would have been an issue. But now I don't see it as much of an issue just because they, they make more money running these sprint car races or the, uh, or the world of outlaws, stuff like that. Um, but Adam, what, what do you think about the whole uh, the whole drama here? I I don't really know. Um, I'm not really too educated on the situation. However, um, what I would say is basically, you know, I am excited for dirt at Bristol. However. Um, the original idea of trucks going, like Josh said, trucks going to Eldora, um, was pretty exciting. And then it was, it was kind of like a, a one hit wonder. That's what I feel like everyone was excited for it once. And then it just, like you just said too, it go, it's been going downhill. And so I don't know, I don't want to say too much about into the details cause I'm not, I don't really know much too about it, but, um, yeah, that's what's what I'm going to roll with. Um, it's kind of like a one-hit wonder, in my opinion. All right. Well, that that too, and uh, they had also mentioned that Stewart had reached out to them about running the clash since he was on the road course, and they really had never gotten back to him about the uh, the qualifications or if he was eligible or not. But do you th- do you, would you guys like to see Tony Stewart in the clash, and why? Or do you think it's a bad idea and he shouldn't do it? But which which side do you err on? Do you err on the side of NASCAR where they're saying not quite eligible because you've been out of the car for a while, or he's a he's a champion, he should be in the race? I'm on the side of less cars is better. Uh, I think it's the same with the, with the Clash and the All Star Race. I've it's the Clash on the road course, but I think it still should be kind of special to the drivers that are here now. And we shouldn't have drivers coming back just to race this race. If you want to come back and race a race, come back in a couple weeks when you race a Daytona road course and a real points race. But the clash is something special and something that drivers every year work for and uh, try to get into. So I think it should just be drivers right now. And uh, yeah, don't let people just come in and make a one-off ride in a clash that's like allowing people to make a one-off ride in an all-star race it doesn't happen so i don't think you should be able to race in it you know i see your point of view on that but it's also the other side of publicity and having a big name like tony stewart come in and you know while he is going getting a one-off race in the clash um it'll just i think bring up that give that race that much more exposure that much more hype Everyone will be more excited to have an older race, uh, an older racer, especially as well known as Tony Stewart, come in and you know race in the Clash. 
Um, it's all about what markets well and what everyone would like to see and putting the best show on the track basically is what I think, the best show on the track that everyone's going to like. And so um, we don't, NASCAR doesn't want everyone to complain about everything. Um, everyone has their own opinion, obviously. But um, whatever they think is going to bring the most viewership is probably what they'll do. So um, it's kind of like also, you know, you, you see retired football players, they uh, say – they would give anything to play, you know, one more game, and that's where, um, and so it's like when they did with the Pro Bowl, they brought in Hall of Famers to coach, and that brought back a lot of publicity to the Pro Bowl that was actually really sinking because everyone hated it because no one cared about it, and the hype around the Pro Bowl now is twice as what it was 10 years ago. And so if they're having an upward trend, maybe NASCAR is trying to do that as well. Or they could try and do that with this and experiment with it. Yeah, I think if you yeah. do that, it just like kind of destroys what the clash is about. Like I'm all for getting the most amount of viewers for every race. But at the same time, it's you got to qualify to make this thing. You can't just come up and race this uh, – yeah, race to race as a one-off race. So – if he can find a way to work his way in there as something else to uh, be involved in the race. Like, yeah, he's a team owner. But um, I don't know. I just don't think it should be up there. It just kind of ruins, like, the authenticity of what the race is all about. And it's celebrating who did good last year, who deserves a spot in this r the race, and showcasing the best of the best in NASCAR right now and kind of giving, like, a short preview for their season. Now. I would be a huge, huge person on this if they had a way in the way to get in the clash for drivers that are either that are retired or who haven't raced in a couple of years. If they had a spot for that and they had a way to qualify into it instead of just doing like a one-off, hey, you're in um, to make it have that special spot. Um, you know, if they had three or four entries, five entries, they could figure out a way to qualify them. And then that one, whoever qualifies the best would have that one spot in the clash that, you know, it's just, there's many things that could happen. I see your point. Um, there's just many sides to it, I guess. I think that could be smart, but what if there, there could be like a drivers could come in and say, Hey, you have to be a past champion, past day 10 to 500 champion, some criteria for them to meet and exactly. sign up and maybe do like a, fan vote get the fans involved and get one of these older drivers to come in here and wheel a car if they sign up to uh be involved in the race so that's a pretty smart idea if there was like a set spot to get these older names in there because you could bring older fans back to see uh the big names in the sport now exactly josh would you would you you know i'm on this issue i'm kind of i'm in between i'd love to see tony stewart run the race I enjoy watching him. I enjoy his enthusiasm and his, his temper at times. But, I mean, I, I see both sides of the story. But, Josh, would you feel the same way if it was a Jeff Gordon or Dale Earnhardt who were coming out and saying, hey, I, I want to race in this race? Would you feel the same way? Yeah, I think it's the Honestly. same thing. I, uh, really? If so if Junior came out and, and said, I want to race in the clash, you would, would you say the same thing? Yeah, I'd say no. He uh, – Really? has his Xfinity team. 
and he goes and races those races. I'm fine with him making one-off races and uh, Xfinity series, but I think it just falls under the same rule for everything. If you aren't one of the racers right now and you don't meet the criteria to be in a clash, then you shouldn't be able to do it. You know, I, I respect you for that because I, I feel like a lot of people, Adam Thomas, uh, will change your answer in the event that a uh, that it's kind of turned towards them with their favorite driver. So, like five years, if Adam had said no, and I mentioned Jimmy Johnson, he'd be like, "Well, you know," and then you kind of yeah, are in I the in between area. But um, I not literally just you know agree to it right there. Yeah, okay. I really didn't um. <laughs> But uh, you know, I think it's interesting. Either way, I'd I'd be happy to see him race it, and I wouldn't be hurt if he didn't. You know, uh, I think that's how a lot of people, besides Smoke fans, feel. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next uh, next topic here. Um, last year we had a little halvesies between uh, over under and trivia. Oh God, Josh hated both. He was terrible at both. That was worse. Um. Can't confirm. But yeah, that's true. Well, you're only on like four or five podcasts. Yeah, we're making a full season this year. All right, let's go. But uh, so the new the the game for as long as we can go without me running out of possibilities or ideas, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a game called Quick Fire. So basically, how this works is I'm gonna na- I'm gonna say something, and there are gonna be multiple right answers to each of these uh, each of these prompts. And you have to be the first one to answer it correctly, and you get a point. So, uh, something like uh, drivers who have blonde hair, and you'd have to, as quick as you can, come up with the driver, say it, and the first person to answer wins. Is it, uh, barring that is correct, you know? You guys get it? Yep. Yeah, this is going to go terrible. I might as well just mute my mic. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Let's roll. Round one, a quick fire. New season, new game, new emotions. Glad Jay isn't here. Wow, that hypes me up. Oh, thanks. I'm so excited. Quick fire. <laughs> quick fire number one cup drivers whose last name ends with an N. Bowman. Point. That, was, that one's easy. Wow. What? I said that one was too easy. That was pretty easy. They, they get harder. You always have Bowman on your mind. I'm looking at his diecast right now, so. Of course it would be. Because <laughs> that's the second time you mentioned. Oh, I'm looking at their diecast right now. I have 18 sitting in front of me, and then I got a case of like 32 164s beside that. Cool. Nerd. Next question. Next quick fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. NASCAR driver. Whose dad ran in the Cup Series? Dale Jr. Dude, shut up. I can't even get a word out. <laughs> they're getting, they're getting, they're going to get tougher. They're going to get tougher. I, you know, I had to give you two little softballs there. Um, this you, got, uh, you got Hendrick Murr, Josh Slade over here just ready to pop. Adam just makes it too uh, easy. Dude. You know, he makes just... everything easy. Henry? <laughs> All right, quick fire number three. NASCAR driver with ginger-esque hair. Ginger-esque? Yeah, like ginger. It can be like a redhead, a little, a little bit orange. Cold There's wit? Driver. Does that count? Yeah, I guess you, uh, I mean, he's like, he is an old NASCAR driver. 
you know, for the for the purpose of the game, I'm gonna say no to Cole Whit. All right. But there there is a driver who ran years ago, or like probably in the the 2010s, who was very ginger. But you gotta think. And there's also a current driver I would count, in who's got some red in his hair. Yeah. I have no idea. All right, uh, hint. This is the older driver. Uh, think of an energy drink. You better not be cheating, Josh. I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking Monster Amp. Red Bull. Uh, Brian Vickers. There you go. That's it? He had red in his hair? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cool. I remember correctly. Yeah, I'd see some red there. All right. Oh yeah, look at his beard. Let me look yeah, he, he's got a ginger beard. Oh, he does. Yeah, Brian Vickers. Beard. Mm -hmm. All right, Adam. Uh, Adam, you're down three points. Dude, I told you this is not my game. Do you even have a game? <laughs> wow. I like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take that. Uh, Adam does not have a game. All right. Uh, okay. You know this one. This one. Uh, this is a question just for Adam. Adam, what shape has three sides? <laughs> You're so terrible. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not getting this one wrong. Really, triangle. Wait on an answer. Thank you. Wow. Look at me. One point. Thank you. I, I sorry, I didn't hear. I, what'd you say? Triangle. Thank you. No circle. Uh, all right. <laughs> Quick fire number four. <laughs> A cup Ow. track. A cup track with less than 45,000 grandstand seats. Nashville Super Speedway. Wow. Yeah, I guess I'll count that. Wow. Dude, how? How? I know. Yeah, he, he might just have, I got you. You could call, you your, you call yourself Big Tom, but I don't think there's a big brain in that Big Tom. <laughs> I love this. Dude, it's a good game. Josh, I think this is my favorite one you've come up with. Josh is a literal NASCAR nerd. Nerd. Like if there were All right, uh, possible answers for that. I had to write that down just so I didn't forget. But uh, Phoenix, Nashville, Martinsville, Watkins Glen. Hmm. I guess Coda too. I don't. I don't know how many seats Coda has. I think it's got a lot um, on the front stretch. I'm getting waxed. <laughs> yeah, they All right. Uh, wow, this next one's easy. Uh, Cup driver who has won an Xfinity Series championship. Austin Dillon. Jesus Christ! I was literally getting that word out of my mouth. Adam, you, you are bad at this game. See, I don't want to cut the man off because then it sounds terrible, but then, you know, I have to. No, you could. You, no, the, the point of the game is to yell it as quick as you can, not actually yell it. What are these explosives? I'll give you this next one. I'll give you a one second head start. And when I say now, Josh can answer. You're fine. I'm not All right. Know it. All right. Number, I don't even know. A NASCAR-themed movie. Now. How are they going to Oh, my God. Adam. Cars first. I don't know. I that sounded like it came after me. False. I, I heard I heard mumbling. I, I, I figured you were saying, like, I don't, I don't know. No. Talladega Nice is a neat one. It is a neat That was a toss-up. I think that's 6 nothing. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you that one. I heard I heard some mumbling. I don't know if you said cars. We're going to have to go back and listen to the track. That's fine. Go back and listen to it. Yeah, Adam, you get a point. I got a point. You know what? Congrats. I'm done. I threw a challenge flag. 
You know what? Fine. Get back close to the review. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> final, final quick fire for the night. A track that does not have a traditional trophy. Michigan. What's your trophy? It's the uh, manufacturer. It's the the uh, manufacturer trophy. It's like a lady. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. Like a trophy that a race winner gets. That's not a trophy. Texas. New Hampshire. You get the lobster. I heard Texas. Texas was a hat. And, you know that that's kind of that's a half that's a halfsies there. You get the because hat. you get the hat. You get the hat, but you also get a trophy. But you also get the hat. The hat is the staple. I would say that's a staple. I'll give you the point because you were first. But I would say that's like a that's a halfsy answer. What answers did you have written down? I didn't have any written down, but uh, Martinsville get a clock. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I thought you were uh, talking about like you didn't get like an actual trophy. You got something. That's why I thought well, New Hampshire and the lobster. Like Nashville, you get a guitar. Wait, mm-hmm. so, so what, wait, Josh, what you just said that you think they get a pet lobster now? Well, they get the no, lobster they- when you win at New Hampshire. I know, yeah. Have you seen the claws on that lobster? I think it's, I think it's huge. Bigger than their head. Did you see that? Uh, did y'all see that? Uh, bigger than that Brad. box short that they had with uh, Ricky Craven when he went and was showing people how to eat in lobster. What? I don't think so. I think it was. Yeah, I saw it on Race Hub a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Race Hub. So what you're saying is you don't, you guys don't watch Race Hub? I watch it every now and then. I'm just always busy when it comes on. NASCAR nerd that does not watch Race Hub. Can you believe that? Who would have thought? Sounds like Adam needs to watch some Race Hub so he can get better at this game. Needs to, I mean, uh, Adam needs to watch some NASCAR. Yeah. Hey. These were all very easy, except for the ginger question. All right. Very you know easy. What? Give me a break. We're getting two points one year into the sport. Actually paying attention. I'm coming okay. out. Right. So. Yeah. You know, Adam, you get a participation trophy. Thank you. Congratulations. Here's your, here's your medal. All right. Oh my God. All right, let's jump into uh, hot takes. Uh, since we're not in the season yet, we're going to do a little prediction. Uh, or until we get to the season, we're going to do uh, some predictions for hot takes. Uh, this week, it's not going to be predicting a champion. We're going to predict, or at least give our best predictions of who's going to finish 17th in points at the end of the season. All right, I'll start with the, uh, the biggest loser, Big Thomas. Cole Custer. Hmm. He got lucky last year. James ain't lucky this year. Before then, he was sitting. He was sitting in the low teens, pushing twenties. So that's my that's my that's my uh, that's my guess for this. That's my hot take heading into the season. For seventeenth place, I'm gonna have to go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He looked pretty solid at times, but then mostly mediocre. But I think he's good enough to finish seventeenth. Better than where he finished last year in points, but second year at JTG, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. I think 17th is a pretty good year for JTG, so I'm going to go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. to finish 17th. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go off of this year the performance I saw. Uh, 17th at the end of the season. Once we uh, once the checkered flag waves at Daytona for the Coca-Cola Zero Sugar 400. The one person who got gets left out and does not get to take a picture will be Matt DiBenedetto. You know, unless he can get a win and stun all of us, Matt DiBenedetto is going to be in 17th place. And he's going to miss the playoffs and not 
Jim. Not uh, skate by for a second year in a row. That is a hot, hot, hot take. It's pretty hot. King of hot takes right here. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that was uh, episode one, season two. I'm excited about this season. Uh, we'll have to get Jay on the show next week if he's uh, not at work. But uh, keep an eye out for uh, giveaways. Follow us on social media. Also, keep an eye out for uh, our new show, Behind the Wager. That's going to be uh, debuting in a few weeks right before the clash. Uh, basically, Behind the Wager is going to be uh, your new home for uh, for daily fantasy with DraftKings and FanDuel, along with uh, talking about odds and who you should pick and put some money on. But don't actually listen to us because uh, you probably won't win any money. But it'll be fun. Uh, on behalf of uh, Big Thomas, Mr. Adam, who's batted uh, quick fire, Josh Slate. It's Behind the Wall Podcast. We'll see you next week.